Hello, this is Kate Magic and you're listening to the Raw Living Podcast. Raw Living is Europe's leading raw foods and superfood supplier. I founded the company in 2002. And in this interview series, I talk to some of the people behind uh, the companies that we offer on our shop to find out more about what they do. Um, what is the ethos behind the company and particularly not just the processing in the in the products like the ingredients they use and how they put everything together but also how do they show respect for the environment how do they treat their workers Um, most companies in this industry put a huge amount of integrity and dedication into providing products that are really benefiting uh, the people and the planet so I wanted to provide insights into that when you're shopping with these companies you're not just investing in your health you're investing in a better world for us all today my guest is Greg Arnold he's a LA based chef and the founder of Dark Horse Organic Food for the Light Body. Hi, Greg. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm great. I just got done um, shipping a lot of orders very early in the morning. Good, good. I think there's one on, on its way to us at the moment. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I came across your sauerkraut, first of all, in Erewhon. I had your Ormus sauerkraut, and mm-hmm. that was my introduction to your company. And then I investigated some more. And then we were fortunate enough to be able to arrange to get them over here in Europe. So, um, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about the company and how it started? And Sure. Um... Dark Horse started about two years ago and you know for the past about 12 years before that um, I was a chef and I opened a lot of plant-based restaurants in LA and in Santa Barbara and um, you know I just was working constantly every day like 14 hours a day just opening restaurants one after the other and um it just came to a point where i just couldn't um like physically continue to do that and the whole time i had had this vision of taking all of the sauces and um just dehydrated things and ferments and all the things we had come up with over the years in the restaurants and starting a brand. So that's really how it started. And that's what we're doing now. We're just doing all of those things. And most of the things that are in the dark horse line currently, really I've been making for years and years in restaurants already. So it's not like we just came up with these ideas, you know? So how long have you been a plant-based chef? How did you get into that originally? Um, you know, I started cooking in plant-based restaurants, I think in maybe 2006 or something like that. <clears throat> I lived in Echo Park um, all of that time, right outside Los Angeles. And 
I used to play music and I used to tour a lot and I would come back from tour and, you know, need a job or whatever. And I just started working in the local vegan restaurants because it was a cool place to work and other people who worked there were cool. Yeah. And, you know, as I started touring less and less, I just started taking cooking more seriously, you know, and moved my, I mean, I really worked my way up from just a prep cook to you know a chef who owns and opens restaurants amazing so you're self-taught uh pretty much but you know i went and i worked at a couple um you know i've worked for amazing chefs so i mean i've learned i worked for one chef who was also a culinary instructor um so you know like i i am classically trained i just didn't go to school to learn that yeah yeah so the thing that makes your products well i mean obviously they taste amazing but the thing that, <laughs> that makes your products really distinctive is the fact that um like myself you put lots of superfoods in your products things like reishi and ormus and all these exciting ingredients um so tell us about that. How did you come to Because that's quite an unusual thing to do. Even in LA, there's a, you know, there's a lot of plant-based offerings, as you say, but it's still unusual even there. So how did you come to develop that kind of um, way of incorporating those kind of ingredients into your recipes? Um, <clears throat> well, I have a restaurant in Santa Barbara. Uh, it's called Mesa Verde Plant-Based Restaurant. And right when i moved up there i met my friend scott and nitza from sun potion uh-huh and um you know scott would come by and and just give me a bunch of samples of a lot of different herbs and stuff to cook with you know because i think a lot of people you know a few years ago were eating herbs or maybe putting them in their tea or something but i don't think anyone really started um seeing what you could do with them culinarily you know yeah and um so that was really great you know so we started making a lot of different broths and sauces and dressings and stuff sort of incorporating um the tonic mushrooms and um herbs and it just became something I was really interested in, you know, for the health benefits, but also just for the flavors because they were new and interesting flavors to me to be used in cooking. Mm. So it really, it just happened very organically, you know, through like a friendship. Mm. Mm. Um, so I think we have all the, products on the site that we can ship over the Atlantic we've got seven of the products you want to talk us through um the range of what you offer should we start with the umami, the umami yeah product? well the umami the umami stuff was really <clears throat> the first things I started making you know originally at the restaurant using the sun potion stuff and we were putting in more herbs that are than are even in there now um, and more mushrooms because mushrooms just have such a natural umami flavor to them. Mm. And that's one thing in plant-based restaurants where, you know, we've always been trying to get a lot of umami out of things by fermenting it 
and you know using a, a lot of seaweeds and mushrooms and stuff because you're not getting that sort of fatty rich meat flavor out of food you know because you're, it's just all vegetables so we're trying to find ways to just enrich and deepen the flavors of the vegetables and so the umami stuff really came first and there have been so many um iterations of it and we continue to to like develop new products and stuff but we just started with the one umami powder and umami bouillon and that powder is um it's just a great simpler version of a lot of things we've done in the restaurant and also you know it's trying to keep it affordable you know i mean we could make a jar of umami powder that costs two hundred dollars but i don't know <laughs> you know we would sell um, it, um so but yeah that was really the impetus for all of it really was making those powders and combining just traditional japanese shiitake mushrooms and seaweeds and dried foods with um, the tonic mushrooms and herbs so i'm gonna plug my own recipe here because i put a recipe up on capemagic.com where i made a dressing with the umami bouillon and pumpkin seed butter and a bunch of other things put it over kelp noodles that was just i do that a lot i mix it with pumpkin seed butter a lot but what how would you recommend people use it like what are your favorite ways to introduce it to people you know we use it a lot at home almost in a way that you would use salt sometimes in a lot of foods uh -huh. like towards the end of the cooking like maybe you're making some quinoa or fried rice or whatever it is and just sprinkling a little bit of it in there and it really just makes the flavors pop out you know we didn't want to make it like super intense where it tastes like a super salty MSG kind of a thing. It's more there to just enhance the natural flavors that are already in the food and just make them a little zingier and make them pop out more in more of a three-dimensional way. Mm. So that's how I use it in my home cooking a lot. And whenever we make broth, I use it in there and the bouillon too. And you know, it's winter now in LA kind of I mean it, it's never really winter in LA <laughs> but um, you know we drink a lot of broth at home so we're always making broth and I love having mm -hmm. broth for breakfast maybe with like a little bowl of rice and so we use those in the broth and even on the rice a lot mm, nice nice so tell us about the mustards you've got a Dijon and you've got the mustard seeds Mm -hmm. The mustard seeds actually, um, Lindsay makes a really great salad dressing with the mustard seeds and blends them up with olive oil and like lemon juice and it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> the mustard, the mustard and the ketchup, those really come from the restaurants, you know, because we never, you know, we never bought any um like processed or packaged sauces or anything you know i've always made everything from scratch so those were just things that we had figured out along the way um, for the restaurant and the pickled mustard seeds we started making those 
like years ago to kind of go along with our vegan cheese plate. And it just really worked out really well. We add the honey into them for ours. Um, I think it's better than any sort of sugar. Mm. Um, yeah, we use honey in everything. We don't use any sugar in the Dijon or the salad dressings or any of it. Anything that is sweet, we use honey and we get it from a, a beekeeper who we know who um, has his hives up in the mountains above Santa Barbara. Uh -huh. So it's um, from California, super high quality. And the, the Dijon's fermented with kombucha. I've never come across that before. Was that your own innovation? Yeah. I mean, and there's not a ton of the kombucha in there. You know, like there's some, there's Chardonnay, there's some kombucha vinegar, there's vinegar. It's just trying to get different flavors. Mm into there and just to get different strains of probiotic into the blend you know so it's not just like say a lactobacillus or something you know like a lot of people will use those things to culture foods but there's so many different ways to do it like we've been experimenting a lot with koji um, to culture a lot of different things and i think those products are actually going to come out pretty soon we kind of have <laughs> new like koji cultured line of stuff coming out that we're just kind of finishing up the experimental phase on. Mm, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what about the vinaigrette? You've got a vinaigrette and a hot sauce. The vinaigrette, well okay first the hot sauce was we really just wanted to make a hot sauce that just really had nothing in it except chili peppers and salt and a little bit of vinegar and so that's what we made we tried to just really be purists about it and not add too many flavors or things or you know kind of just let it be fermented chili peppers and the vinaigrette actually happened accidentally in the restaurant i can't remember the exact thing that happened but we were making a vinaigrette actually i was working at this ashram called the white lotus i used to do dinners up there and um we needed salad dressing but we had run out of vinegar but i had made these batches of sauerkraut so i just made the vinaigrette with the sauerkraut liquid instead of vinegar and it tasted so great that we just decided to start making it but it's the charcoal, isn't it, that makes it really exciting because then you have like black salad dressing. <laughs> yeah, well, and that came from my restaurant. I had another place in Silver Lake called Avair, and we made a lot of black food, you know? So um, it was just like a couple ideas, one after the other, you know? And then we put the fermented Dijon in there also. So it was... Um, it was just based on three or four different ideas that happened to come up with this one salad dressing. And then it turned out so perfect in the end that, you know, we decided to produce it and make it. Mm. And then we've got the honey. How do you get gold into honey? Gold, just sheets of gold, 24 karat gold. And we put in um, roses, like really beautiful organic roses from Morocco. And we just blend it in there. 
you know, with the with that honey that we get from the from the local beekeeper. Amazing. And how do how do you suggest people use that honey? Like, what's the what's your favorite way to consume it? My favorite way to consume honey is probably <clears throat> on a really good piece of grilled toast, maybe with some za'atar and some olive oil and honey, mm -hmm. maybe some Malden salt. Just classic breakfast, you know? Uh -huh. But we use it for everything. I mean, I use the honey to make teriyaki sauce, to make barbecue sauce, to make, you know, anything you would normally use honey for. I know a lot of people who use the honey as a mask. Oh. Yeah, we've had a lot of people who, who order the honey and use it as a face mask, which mm. I have never done, but I have seen it a lot. Mm. And I know we, we don't carry the sauerkraut because you can't ship it across, but tell us about putting Ormus in sauerkraut. Ormus is just something I got really interested in a few years back and started experimenting with different versions of it in the kitchen. And I think we make a pretty good one. We actually, we're going to launch our own Ormus ah. soon, very soon, which would be the same blend that's in, in the Dijon and in the sauerkraut. We just put in a little bit and I just, I mean, I believe in the energy of food also. And I think that it's just invigorating the food more to add the Ormus into there. Because mm, your strap line is food for the light body. Tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like really taking standard foods that most people use and enjoy, like honey, and Dijon and you know ketchup and sauerkraut and trying to just transform them into a modern blend of that and really like for the light body like not just for your body but for your whole spirit you know because if you eat with intention you know the food is so much more powerful so if we add things in there like the Ormus or like other things, it's just, it's setting the intention for the food to make a pathway into your body. Mm. That's how we look at that and going with that concept and developing more and more things, um, hopefully where we could just incorporate that, you know? And I, I don't really see it as like, I think sometimes, you know, we have meetings with people or maybe we do a podcast or something and, and people are like, what is your hero product? Like, what is the, the big seller? And I just think all of the products are like very modular. Like they all work together and they all have a purpose in cuisine. And so I never really say, oh, this product is the best one or this one, you know? And as we continue to build more um, pantry items, it's just building of a modern pantry, you know, and it's just each one complements the other one taste wise, but also in your body. I interviewed um, Gabriel Cousins recently, and he said that 30% of nutrition is spiritual, which I don't know how he, how he 
got that figure. Right. But <laughs> something I've been thinking about a lot is that that's why raw foods are so powerful because you're getting the full spiritual nutrition from the food, not just the, um, you know, the way that we think about nutrition. So your your products are working in the same way, aren't they? They're spiritually nourishing as well as being really delicious. Yeah, I mean that's how we that's how we set out to do it, you know. Um, I mean, I was a chef at a raw restaurant in Los Angeles, like I don't know how long ago, twelve years ago or something, and you know that's just another part of cuisine that's in my repertoire, mm. you know. Which one? Which one did you work in? Which restaurant? Yeah. It was called Moy. Okay. It was in um, Echo Park. Uh-huh. Brilliant. Greg, I'm a huge fan. I'm really looking forward to the Koji products already. Yeah, we'll send you some when they come out. They're okay. all, we're actually going to sort of debut one of the first ones at Mercado Sagrado, which we're doing this weekend in Malibu. And I'm, I'm following you on Instagram. I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Um, we've done Mercado for the last like four years or something. And they're just great friends of ours. And it's our favorite like festival and meeting place to do each year. Um, and we're doing some really good smoked almonds. And then I made a powder of koji and dehydrated sauerkraut mm. uh, so that'll be like the first thing that's going to come out from that mm. and I, we have to plug your instagram because i i think i like all of your pictures <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> thank you what tell us your instagram yeah we do all of it i mean i guess if you have a food brand and you've been a chef for your whole life it it helps you out you know so it, what's your Instagram? People want to look it up. It's um, Dark Horse Organic. Uh-huh. And check it out. Brilliant. Brilliant. Greg, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, have a beautiful day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. You can check out the products we've been talking about by visiting Raw Living, rawliving.eu. If you haven't got... Uh, an account already sign up for account you get five pound off your first order and uh, you can also hear more of my interviews over on capemagic.com please subscribe and rate the podcast it really helps and yeah thank you see you next time